You're listening to LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and on this episode of Moving Up the Ladder, we're bringing you another edition of Myth versus Reality. It's a favorite of mine and many of our listeners. And today we're going to focus on the statements and beliefs you often hear when we talk about cover letters and resumes. Now, to give us some insight into what we should or shouldn't believe, we brought back Mike Perry. Mike is the president of Zarka Financial, and perhaps more importantly for this episode, he brings with him more than 30 years of experience as a hiring manager, so he clearly knows what works on those resumes and cover letters. Mike, welcome back to LJN Radio. Tim, thanks a lot. I always appreciate being a guest. Now, as I mentioned there off the top, of course, it's an extremely important aspect of the job search process, and we get a lot of questions about, is this really true? or What are hiring managers looking for? And that's why we brought you on. So let's jump into that first statement. All employers use ATS systems to scan resumes. Your thoughts on that? I would say that is that is a complete myth, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I have a large network of hiring managers, not only here in Ohio, but outside of, of, of Ohio. And I'm constantly told that two things. One, not everybody, because that's the myth, people mm-hmm. just perceive that everyone has these systems, small businesses and, and large. Right. Sometimes you f- what we find funny when we discuss this is some small companies use these and large companies have abandoned them. And oh. when I say, well, why have you abandoned using these systems, especially if you're a large company? And I'll use a great example. There's, one, there's an employer here in our region in, in uh, Northeast Ohio who's one of the largest employers, and they receive about 1,000 resumes a day. Mm. And they're an international company. They've got people all over the world, and they've got a lot of locations here in, in the U.S. But they, the, the person I know is in, uh, in charge of like global recruiting and, and, and HR. And he tells me that we get about 1,000 resumes a day for open positions and you know, just from people who say, you know, in a sense, Hey, look at me! Look how great I am! <laughs> right. And hopefully, you'll you'll be so bowled over by how terrific I am, you'll want to hire me. Well, the reality, he says, we do not put those through a scanner. Hmm. We read every one, and he blew me away when wow. he said that. And I said, "How can you? That's a quarter million resumes a year." <laughs> right. He goes, "I have a team of you know people who reads every one." But he says, "Let me tell you something." And this is going to go to part of a, another question uh, that I think we're going to talk about is, he said, we can be very picky. So he said, if I'm getting a thousand resumes a day and we're reading them because we, we think these systems are too restrictive, mm-hmm. he said, we can be very picky and thus we can eliminate people for things as simple as grammatical errors. Right. And so he said that we hold the right to do that if we're, gonna, if we're going to spend the time to read a thousand a day. And the more people I talk to, I hear that they have found that good talent was left, was tossed to the curb by these systems, and they're sitting there going to their HR department saying, why are we not filling these jobs? Mm-hmm. And then when they, t- they say, Give, look at, let me look at a sampling of the resumes that you are tossing out, that our system tossed out. And they're saying, wait a minute, what's wrong with this person? What's wrong with that person? Well, the system didn't like this or that. Get rid of the system is usually what happens. Sure. Because they're finding great candidates that get tossed to the curb. When I go talk to job seekers groups and clients at outplacement firms, they're telling me, you know, they match up very well to these position descriptions and don't understand why they're not getting through. So the candidates are frustrated. And frankly, the hiring managers, Tim, are frustrated. So yes, it is a myth. Uh, it is fascinating, especially as you mentioned, uh, those larger companies, you would just assume that's what they're going to be doing. But uh, 
I think it speaks to the whole idea of efficiency versus effectiveness. We have a lot of conversations about that on our shows as well. And uh, I think that's great for not only the job seekers to hear, but especially the employers that maybe they are missing something if they're simply relying on those systems. Right. And Tim, that's a great point, because if an employer is hearing this conversation, if they haven't already, and they're wondering, scratching their heads, thinking, why are we, why am I not seeing better candidates? Or why are we not filling these positions more quickly with, quote unquote, tons of people still out of work? They ought to be spending a a personal one-on-one visit with their HR manager and saying, explain to me what's going on with our system and give me a sampling of what's being tossed out by the system and determine themselves if good candidates are being kicked to the curb by some software. Hmm. Well, a good start for this myth versus reality. I think that definitely uh, turns things on its head a little bit. So let's see what we have going forward. The next one, the statement that you know we often hear and see, resumes should be customized for each job opportunity. Your thoughts? That's a reality. And uh, gosh, I've, uh, I think I've mentioned this on one of our other interviews, but I'll mention it again. Over the last just six years or so, I've done, I, I do a lot of pay it forward stuff, one-on-one resume reviews with people. I've done over 1,500 resume reviews, one-on-one over the last six years. Wow. And what I find is the vast majority of candidates are sending a generic resume to everyone. Really? And, and these people are crying the loudest mm-hmm. to me saying, look at this resume. I'm sending this to everyone and, and it's, a, it's my sales resume or my <laughs> operations resume right. or my, my administrative assistant resume and no one is calling me back. Hmm. And I'll say, well, let's look at a couple of the jobs you, look, you are, are seeking. Oh yeah, I love this job. That's my dream job. Well, Tim, I'm going to tell you something. You could find and this is great homework for your listeners. This is something I put people through all the time. Go and do an online keyword search on an online job board and put in a skill set or a, a job title. Let's say, you know, sales manager. Mm-hmm. Pick six companies, no less than six, where you find a job description. When you read it, you say, wow, that, that's my dream job. Okay, print it and then take an Excel sheet or a legal pad and Strip it down to its bare essentials and, and, and write down all of the key skills and traits that that in that hiring manager wrote for that company's sales manager mm-hmm. job opportunity. What you're going to find, Tim, is that you could look at six different sales manager job descriptions and they will be different. Right. One finds communication as their most important and another company could care less about communication. If you send me a resume that doesn't touch on the key skills that I'm looking for. Some, unfortunately, some poorly trained HR generalist who's looking at a cheat sheet of keywords and looking through 500 resumes or a thousand a day is going to quickly get through your resume and not see these keywords and you're not going to make it to even the first cut. Hmm. I'm telling you as the hiring manager in the position description, that is your roadmap to being my ideal candidate. Right. If you're not giving back to me what I'm asking for, and the, and the first place I see it, of course, is your resume, why would I think you're my ideal candidate? I wouldn't. Here's a great example of how people can miss this and miss a great opportunity. A gentleman who was a good friend of one of our clients sent me a job description and a resume. And he said, Mike, you preach customizing all the time. Did I do a good job? <laughs> I looked at the job description first, and I found that the, whoever wrote it in, in five paragraphs 
of a job description wrote the word coaching six times. Oh, wow. The word coaching, obviously the skill of coaching was exceptionally important to that person. They Mm -hmm. wrote it six times in a five paragraph job description as a skill that was required. Kim, how many times, this is a trick question, how many times do you think the candidate had the word coaching in their resume? I'm afraid to say zero. But you would be right. Oh, man. <laughs> so, Tim, if your job as a hiring manager, if you, your quest was to look like a genius for hiring a game changer, and you wrote a job description where you wrote six times, I need someone with coaching who can coach this type of person or that or whatever, but I've written it six times. Right. And I'm looking at a resume where it's not even mentioned once. Are you going to make me look like a genius for hiring you? <laughs> not at all. Right. Matter of fact, you're, you get tossed to the side very quickly. Mm-hmm. Give me in that resume what I need. You get it from the position description. You can get the cultural tie-ins from the website. You incorporate those kind of things into the resume, and each one will have a little bit of a different flavor. Sometimes they'll be significantly different, Tim, for the same job title. But a different company looks at what their key skills are that work in their company and their culture differently than another company. And your listeners need to, they need to get on that train because those are the resumes that are getting looked at. Great points. And yeah, terrific example there. Uh, As you said, really a roadmap that you're getting from those job descriptions and sometimes flashing red lights when it comes to a a term or a phrase that's being used more than once. So I think uh, an excellent point there when you talk about a reality of catering those resumes. The next one is uh, related, obviously, as we're talking about people um, looking at the resume. Hiring personnel take 10 seconds to determine if a candidate is a maybe, so at least moving on, or a no. And, you know, the the amount of time might vary depending on where you look, but we chose 10 seconds, a nice round number. But what are your thoughts on the idea that it is that quickly? Tim, that's another reality. And and because, again, go back to my example of of this company that gets 1,000 resumes a day. I mean, even if there's five or six people, that's almost 200 resumes per day that they've got to, you know, get through. Right. Uh, How quick do you you think you would read every word on every page of every resume you ever got. No, <laughs> nobody has that kind of time. Right. You know, it's funny. I ask people all the time, do you read every word of every article and every newspaper you ever read? Well, of course not. I said, well, why not? Well, because they're not interesting or, or they're not what <laughs> I want to read. And I go, well, okay, so don't you think that this is what's going on in HR departments? They're trying to find those key words that they can pick up in 10 seconds. Tim, I've seen times as little... Uh, is six seconds that <laughs> HR people claim they spend. Yeah, I've seen that too. Think of the little amount you read in six seconds. Mm-hmm. So those keywords got to pop very quickly to even get me to read more. Those keywords or phrases have to be in the first quarter of your resume, or I, why would I read any farther? I wouldn't. And I love your example of uh, being similar to reading an article because I think we've all been there. You read the first paragraph or two and you're just like, meh, moving on. And uh, it sounds like the same idea. You're looking basically at a story of this person that you might want to hire. Tim, the other thing that, that helps a person, and again, we're, we're all human beings, are, we're creatures of, of, of habit where we're, 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 our tendencies are so often the same. Mm-hmm. If you read something, if you looked at a resume that was in eight-point font, squeezed out to quarter inch you know, margins and just blasted onto two pages. And, and you saw resume in 11 or 12 point font with nice, clean one inch margins and skipping spaces between sections that was easier on your eyes. Which one would you tend to read? You're not going to read the one that looks jam packed with teeny tiny small print. You're not going to do it. Right. 
Not when you have a stack of them. The days of having two or three other candidates submit resumes and that's it, are, are, they were gone 20 years ago. Today's world is hundreds of resumes, almost at a minimum anymore for any job opening. Right. You've got to make it easy to read and I've got to, it's got to pop and draw me in very quickly. There you go. And again, everyone listening, you have to understand, Mike knows this stuff inside and out, tons of experience with it. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, helping people out in this area. So make that resume pop right away. 10 seconds, maybe six seconds might be the only chance you get. All right, let's go to the next statement as far as a myth versus a reality. Most or all hiring managers read cover letters. Uh, that is a myth. And, and I, I, I'm not just guessing that. I'm saying that because I constantly am asking the dozens of hiring managers from small, medium, and giant-sized companies, are you reading cover letters? Tim, I've, I've sometimes, when I've asked that question, 95% of them are saying, no, I don't read them. Wow. And when, then when I say, well, why, do, you know, why are you not looking at a cover letter? One, they're poorly written for the most part. Huh. And two, they, they're the usual blah, 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 you know, I'm a dynamic so-and-so. And it's, they said, trust me, Mike, after you've written or read a dozen of these, they all look exactly the same. Hmm. They often miss why I should even consider hiring them. And of course, it's a cover letter to get me to read the resume. And most of them don't do that. And they're saying, they go back again to, Mike, I have hundreds of resumes to go through if I don't have an HR staff, right. and I just don't have the time. And they're right. So now, Tim, the challenge job seekers have, because when I brought that up in presentations, people will say, well, Mike, are you saying I shouldn't even write one? Then? <laughs> no. What I'm telling you is, you don't know who that 5 or 10% of hiring managers who religiously read these is. Tim, I could send 100 resumes out and all 100 could go to people who, who love reading cover letters. Oh, sure. I could send out another 100 and not one of them be read. Mm -hmm. But eat, the purpose of a cover letter to me and what hiring managers keep telling me is the reason they read it, it's a good reflection on the ability to communicate professionally. Okay. And here, here's a great example of a person. I had a, a job opening here for receptionist administrative assistant. And, and I had, you know, a, a, a bunch of resumes come in, and one of the cover letters was written like this. Mike Perry, President, Zarka Financial, Dear Lois. <laughs> Tim, I got no farther. Shocking. That was it. <laughs> you didn't I like got, that, Yeah, huh? shocking. Yeah, <laughs> shocking, right. I got no farther than that, Tim, because if this is, this should be, I should be reaching for a blank Pulitzer application when I see your <laughs> resume and your cover letter. It should be that perfect. The fact that you couldn't even cut and paste this correctly right. and put my, my correct name on there twice, mm -hmm. that tells me, what are you going to do when you're working here? Oh, sure. You're going to embarrass... Tim, we're a financial planning firm. Can you imagine one of my clients getting a, a letter that had a, a, not only a different name, but a different gender? Yeah. What, what do you think they're going to say? Well, if you can't even get my name right, what are you going to do with my money? Right. Oh, totally. Yeah, you're right on the so, money. So, I right. mean, I have to hire someone... Who, who, and that's a first indication to me, that cover letter, can you even communicate effectively? If you can't, we're done. And so people, even though a small percentage of hiring managers read these, they must be well-written, easy to read, answer the question, why should I even consider hiring you and reading your resume? And they have to be, show how I can communicate in a professional manner. 
Yeah, I uh, I love to say that I could disagree with anything you're saying or even the example that you brought up, but we, you know, we hear it, we see it as well. So uh, I think hopefully people are paying attention to why we do these myth versus reality and also the impact that these can have. We're starting to get close to time. We have a couple more we want to get to uh, because I definitely think these are going to help out our listeners, again, whether they're on the uh, job seeker side or in some cases the employer side as well. So for this myth versus reality statement, you should make your resume or cover letter stand out with a unique format. So we're looking at, you know, just how it looks, basically. What do you think about that? <laughs> Tim, this is, uh, by my laughter, you'll get, you're going <laughs> to yeah. guess what my answer is. This is a myth. And I'll tell you what, everything I continue to read, everything I continue to be told by hiring managers is this. I don't want color. I don't want graphics. Mm. I don't want fancy designs. Tim, I've seen people who will send a resume where half of the thing is white space because they start right in the middle and they have a, in the effect of a three and a half inch margin. Hmm. You're wasting space. Yeah. People do not want to see color. They don't want to see graphics and they don't want to see things like, uh, and I see this all too often, a quote from a coworker or a supervisor, Mike's the greatest uh, coworker I ever had. I literally have seen this stuff hmm. and I'll tell candidates, you're going to have the hiring manager laughing at you, not with you. Ouch. <laughs> Do not put those things on there. They don't want to see it. It makes no difference. Well, that person really said that. They don't care. Right. They'll get it from Make them, them one later. of your references right. then. Exactly. Exactly. I want to interject quick because I, I think a lot of people, when they think of the idea of being unique, and obviously you want to be unique in you know, who you are and what you bring to the table, but I think they're hoping that if you're looking through those 500 resumes, that yours is going to stand out because it had that splash of color. But it sounds like it has the opposite effect of like, oh, I don't even know what this is and get rid of it. I, I don't know. Is that what you kind of gather from people? or? Yes, exactly. But here's a good example. Let's say you print a resume and you have a hyperlink on there mm. for email address or your LinkedIn profile. Now, a hyperlink prints in blue. Sure. You know what I mean. It yep. prints in that hyperlink blue color. Yep. Tim, if my name is on there, think of yourself looking at a newspaper that's black and white. Advertisers pay big money to do what they call spot color. Mm -hmm. Why? Because your eyes immediately go from all the black and white to the one piece of color. So if your name and everything else on the resume is in black and white, but your, your email address is in color, where do my eyes go? They go to the email address. Right. And the email addresses often that I see <laughs> are, don't have your name on them. Yeah. And so I have no clue then in that six or 10 seconds whose resume I'm reading because you drew my eyes away from your name. And that becomes one of the, is one of the most important things. You do not want me to forget your name. Right. No color, no graphics, no logos. I don't need logos for the companies you used to work for. That has, I'm not hiring you because you can cut and paste a logo on a Word document. Now, if you want to get fancy, have your own online, you know, have your own personal website. This is great for people in marketing, design work. Uh, we hired an intern who had a fabulous knock your socks off personal website, but she was about uh, marketing design and web design. Right. And that to me is where she really strutted her stuff and her skills. We hired her. She is fantabulous. <laughs> but that's where you make your mark not trying to put those colored pictures on a, on a two-page resume. Your resume is about your accomplishments that deal with the skill set you said you needed. I needed as a hiring manager that I wrote in the job description. I don't want logos. I don't want color. I don't want graphics. Make it easy to read. Remember, Tim, six or 10 seconds. 
Yes. Don't don't make my eyes go somewhere else to some logo or graphic because you're chewing into that six or 10 seconds. And all I know is you know how to attach a logo or a graphic or some color to a piece of paper. So what? <laughs> no, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that's a great point. I like how you tied it in some of the other stuff we've talked about as well. Oh, again, hopefully people are listening to this and paying attention because this isn't just smoke that you're blowing here. This is experience. This is people you talk with. And um, again, I hope that this is a good resource for people that are listening. We got to our last one. We're very low on time, but I wanted to get it to you and give me a quick statement on it because people always think like, really, is this true? Employers will throw out a resume or a cover letter if there is one spelling or grammatical error. Yes, that is true. I've had employers tell me, if I see a period out of place, I literally have ripped them up and thrown them away. It must be perfect. Period. That's <laughs> period. It. That's how it's we'll got to be perfect. <laughs> Tim, think of it this way. I'll leave you with this. How many times you've seen lots of resumes? I've seen thousands, tens of thousands of resumes, and I too often see this, where they're telling me their areas of expertise or they're claiming to have exceptional attention to detail, mm. followed by two pages filled with formatting errors, grammatical <laughs> errors, typos. Now, is that really excellent attention to detail? Not at all. If you can't do it there, in the document that should be knocking my socks off, what are you going to do if your job is to make reports up or to communicate to our CEO? You're going to embarrass me hmm. because you can't write properly. It has to be perfect. Now, there may be people argue, will argue with that, but remember, they're, they're the ones selling and the buyers can be very picky. I think that's a great place to leave it off today. Mike, as per usual, some great stuff, excellent insight. And again, I know our listeners, if they are paying attention, will benefit greatly from it. Thanks again for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on, Tim. Take care. Unfortunately, we are out of time and we have to wrap up this episode of Moving Up the Ladder and our Myth versus Reality segment on cover letters and resumes. Again, we are speaking with Mike Perry, president of Zarka Financial. Always brings us some excellent stuff that we can talk about. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. <laughs>